0: Welcome to Econ On The Go. In this episode, we're going to start our discussion of asymmetric information by focusing on adverse selection and moral hazard. Asymmetric information problems occur when we relax the perfectly competitive constraint of common knowledge, meaning every player knows the same amount as everyone else in the market. In asymmetric information situations, one party has more information than the other side. And the first two models we're going to talk about are those where there is adverse selection and moral hazard. Adverse selection is a situation in which the fact that there is asymmetric information causes us to select the worst outcomes of products and services in the market. We don't have everything that's being sold that we want to be sold. We're adversely selecting the products and services which aren't as good as the ones which are being left out of the market. The adverse selection model was first studied by a professor named George Akerlof, who looked at it to understand the market for used cars. When we think about the market for used cars, he said there are lemons and peaches. Lemons are bad used cars and peaches are good used cars. And he was wondering, why do we see the sale mostly of bad used cars? Now, asymmetric information in adverse selection occurs before the contract is signed, before the two parties agree to have an economic interaction. And what Akerlof showed was that even with a small number of lemons in the market, where the sellers know that they have a lemon, but the buyers do not, can cause the entire market for peaches to collapse. And so we only sell lemons. Now, sellers need to signal to buyers the true nature of their product or service if there's a situation of adverse selection. And as an aside, we might sometimes have buyers which have more information than sellers and therefore create the adverse selection, but usually it's the seller who has more information than the buyer about the product. When the seller needs to signal to buyers about the true nature, it must be credible. And going back to what we talked about before with credibility, it must be visible, understandable, and irreversible in order to be a reliable signal about the quality of the product or service, the fact that it's a peach and not a lemon. Common examples of signals to use are things like reputation through marketing efforts and warranties or guarantees, which reduce the risk of the buyer that they ended up with a lemon. The insight about the signals is that the cost of the signal must be negatively related to the quality of the product or service being guaranteed, which means that as the quality of the product gets higher and higher and higher, meaning it becomes a peach, the cost of acquiring that signal should get lower and lower and lower. It should cost you less to buy a warranty or a guarantee on a peach of a car because there's not a good chance that you're going to have to repair it. 11, on the other hand, the quality is going down and down and down, so the signal must be getting more and more and more expensive to acquire. So the cost of the signal must be negatively related to the quality of the product or service being guaranteed, which means that the lemon owners, because the cost of the signal is so high, must choose not to offer the warranty because it makes their net return so much lower than just saying, I own a lemon, take it as is. The second type of asymmetric information example is the moral hazard model. And this is when a party that is insured and cannot be monitored fully by the insurer, takes actions that increase the likelihood of needing a payout from the insurer. These are asymmetric information situations that occur after the contract is signed or after the economic transaction occurs. It's easiest to think about moral hazard in terms of an example. So think about an example of a car warranty or health insurance. If I have bought the warranty on the peach, then I'm covered if there's something which goes wrong with the peach and it needs to be fixed. But that means I start to drive it a little more carelessly. I might be less attentive in case I get into an accident. I may not worry about changing the oil because if the car breaks, I'm not responsible for it. The person who sold me the warranty is. Or in health insurance, if I'm covered by health insurance and I know that I'm going to be covered for any medical expenses, I might start taking more risks that could expose me to having negative health outcomes than if I was responsible for all of my own health payments. So moral hazard is a situation where the hazard part, or the bad outcome, is caused because the person who is covered makes the moral choice to not act along the way that the insurer wants you to act, but along the way that's going to cause it more likely to need to have a payout from the insurer. The way to fix moral hazard, because it's after the contract is signed, is to find ways to at least partially monitor the insured. If I can monitor how you drive the car, or if I can monitor how you take care of your health, then that's going to minimize the chance that you take actions, which increase the likelihood that I have to pay out either for your car warranty or your health insurance. So adverse selection and moral hazard are two different models of thinking about asymmetric information. Adverse selection happens before the contract is signed, in which case we end up with products or services which are the worst type or the bad types. And moral hazard happens after the contract is signed, when the person who signs the contract and is insured or protected by the contract is incentivized in some way to take actions which make it more likelihood that the contract has to be paid out. In our next episode, we're gonna talk about one more example of asymmetric information, the principal agent problem.